Hey, this is Richard Leacock of Lake Placid, the TV series Doc, 21 Jump Street, and the X-Files, and you are listening to the Don't Go Out There podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners who really appreciate all support. Super excited for this upcoming interview. We are joined this evening by yet another legend of the business, with credits to his name going back all the way to the late 1980s with titles like Lake Placid, The X-Files, 21 Jump Street, and many others. Please welcome Richard Leacock. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me today. Oh, thank you. We really appreciate your time. We like to kick off all of our interviews just by asking, what got you into acting? Uh, Well, you know, it kind of starts back to that late 80s you were talking about there. Uh, In 1987, January 1987, I went to visit a friend of mine on the pilot episode of 21 Jump Street. He was playing the main bad guy. Uh, two of my friends were playing the main bad guys and uh i went and i was kind of hanging out and i was actually sitting at lunch with everyone uh you know johnny depp and director producer they just had me sitting there with all of them you know i've nice been around for a couple of days with them uh just hanging out and just seeing what this was all about and a lot of people don't know that johnny depp wasn't the original guy cast in that tom hansen role oh wow there was another gentleman who was cast he was let go, and then they brought Johnny in. So what happened is they have to reshoot some stuff with Johnny now because right. they just brought him in. So the other actor who was opposite him in a scene wasn't available. Uh, good buddy of mine, Bernie Coulson. Thank you, Bernie. You started my, <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> and uh, so we were sitting at the lunch, and uh, they're, they're talking about the director, talking about how we need to get somebody else to shoot that one scene with Johnny. And uh, my friend says, well, why don't you put Rich into the spot? And they're like, really? And the, he's like, yeah, yeah, put Rich in there. And then they look at me and say, hey, have you ever acted before? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, I hadn't. Uh, and so they auditioned me right there on the spot. I had a fork going towards my mouth. They said, hey, let me hear you say this. And I'm like, huh? Oh, oh, right now? Okay. Uh, so they auditioned me sitting right there at the lunch. Uh, and then they just kind of talked amongst themselves and that was it. They pointed and said, yeah, let's do it. And I leaned over to my friend, Reginald Dorsey and, and Charles Payne. And I was like, uh, what's about to happen? He's like, oh, you're about to do a scene with Johnny. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, we went and we shot the one scene. I did it in one take and the producer walked in and said, was that his only take? He said, yeah. And then, honestly, the love I got for kind of like saving them in that spot and then just the, you know, the praise. And the, I was like, I love this. I'd already been involved in, I was a dancer when I was young. I had done some modeling, done a little bit of singing. but And I was in college for none of that. 
I was waiting to get into the accounting program. I don't even like math. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I went, I totally shifted my gears and I left college and I went and got a regular job and I started working at my craft, going to classes and doing what I needed to do to get it going. Uh, And that's pretty much what started me. And I got my second role pretty much the same way. I went and visited someone that I knew on a set of a TV show called Night Watch. It was a pilot with uh, Benjamin Bratt. And my guy who had done some stuff on 21 Jump Street was now working on this show. And he said, hey, Rich, can you do some martial arts? I said, yeah. He said, how'd you like to do a fight scene? I said, I've been waiting all my life to do something like that. <laughs> uh, so they brought me in and I rehearsed with the stunt guys and I was working on that stuff. And then the director was like, we need somebody from this fight scene to say a few lines. And then they auditioned, they lined us up, auditioned us all, and I won the role. So that was my second gig. Man, that's, you know, we've interviewed probably close to 70-something actors, actresses, producers. That's probably my favorite story of how anybody <laughs> came into just acting and just, hey, that's awesome. Um, yeah. you, brought up, you brought up 21 Jump Street. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, you played multiple characters if i'm not mistaken every single one was a different character for every yeah. appearance if, if never played talk, the same guy twice yeah never. can you talk can you talk a little bit about that experience and i mean you already told us how that came to be but i mean just yeah. working on the set and everything well i'll tell you what uh i got to be friends with everyone on that set um because i'd spent so much time with them the first time around i mean gone as far as you know johnny depp was in the movie platoon he wasn't even famous yet. 21 Jump Street hadn't even been out yet. And we went to the theater together with Johnny to go watch him in Platoon. Um, and we were sitting in the theater and then people, we, you know, people were watching, obviously. And we start yelling out Johnny's name when his name shows up in the credits. Nobody knows who we're talking about except for us. <laughs> he's wow. You know, but um, working with those guys was real great. Um, we were all fairly young. Um, and so we were going out to clubs every once in a while doing this and doing that. So it was a really great time. I just got to know everyone who works on the show. Um, the last episode that I did of that show was a guest star and it was my first guest star ever. Uh, and Peter DeLuise, who's my, my friend to this day, um, he took me aside and was like, if you need to run lines, you come get me, we'll run lines. It really made me feel comfortable. And, um, you know, Holly Robinson, who I still see around every once in a while right now, uh, they all made me feel good about being able to do this. Because, I mean, I was this kid from Vancouver, you know, growing up, I loved all this stuff, but I didn't know that my life could actually be in that world uh, where I would be working as an actor and all that sort of thing. Because it's just not didn't happen up there in Vancouver. At least I didn't know that it could. Um, So, you know, over the the years, I got to see those guys quite a bit. You know, Johnny left after I think the third season. Then Richard Grieco came in and got to know him a little bit as well. Ran into him at a Starbucks not that long ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, Stephen Williams who played Captain Fuller is still a good friend to this day. We see each other out at events. You know, I'm like this little kid to him always, even though I'm far from that, you know, 18 year old kid from back then. But, uh, you know, 
uh, I get the respect now because, you know, I've come a long way since since oh, yeah. that age, you know. But honestly, working with those guys, uh, and I got to tell you, I never changed anything about my appearance. Not one time. <laughs> nice. You're just random people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Honestly, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was like one episode per season, or maybe I'd come and do something real quick and even twice in a season. And, uh, you know, there wasn't that many black people there in Vancouver. So <laughs> being straight up honest, there wasn't a lot of us who were in the business. So they were like, well, we know that rich guy. Let's get him in here to do this. So that's how a lot of that went down. Well, I mean, we talked to Heather. We've had Robert England on, you know, her, uh, Johnny Depp's um, Nightmare co-stars. Mm-hmm. You hung out with the guy. I mean, they had nothing but great things to say about him. I mean, like, is, he seems like a pretty down-to-earth kind of kind of guy, right? I mean, he's... Yeah. yeah, honestly, all that stuff that was said about him, I don't know who that is. I know Johnny Depp to be a pretty sweet dude. You know, quirky. Definitely very quirky. I have stories that I probably can't talk about on here. Uh, but... <laughs> But nothing terrible, you know what I mean? Everything was cool, you know. Uh, Johnny just did things differently than than everybody else, and I think that's what made him so special uh, as an actor because he right. would make choices that not everybody would think to make, you know what I mean? Um, one of the things, I guess I can tell one story. Uh, I think it was an episode in the first season it was the first season and it was the first episode for Stephen Fuller when he came in to play the Captain Fuller. Right. And Blair Underwood was the guest star uh, playing the main baddie in that episode. So we went out to some clubs together and we hung out. I think we were hanging out in, in Blair's hotel room and Johnny was there and everything. And somebody broke a glass and we were in a suite. So I'm like, well, there's probably a broom in that closet. And I saw, I went and grabbed, went to grab it and opened the closet and Johnny was standing in the closet with a drink in his hand and he was staring straight ahead. I said, uh, mind if I just have that broom? I said, sure. And he handed it to me. I said, you want me to close the door back? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, all right. And I closed the door. <laughs> I went back and everyone was like, where's, where's, where's Johnny? I'm like, he's in the closet. <laughs> I got the strangest looks. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm not the one who's in the closet. He's not- <laughs> he at me like I'm crazy. That's fine. Uh, he probably does not remember that, but I remember it vividly. Oh, I, that's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout your career, you've obviously been heavily involved in television. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the politics behind TV and TV pilots and just the grind and acting in general? Just uh, – how hard it is to break into the profession. Uh, you know, it can be difficult. I feel sometimes it feels like there's these gatekeepers who are keeping you at bay. It can really feel like that. And a lot of times it takes someone to say, I'm going to take a chance on this guy. I see something. I'm going to take a chance on that. Everybody's story is not the same. You know, my story is, I walked in kind of being around a few guys. And so I kind of got eased into that a little bit. It can be difficult for others when they're first starting. There's all kinds of politics and it has nothing to do with you. Right. You know, uh, 
I, I've shot pilots. I shot a pilot with Robert Altman, who doesn't do TV. And uh, the story of that goes, I went in to read for what I thought was just going to be like a security guard role. And I went down and I sat with him and I chatted with him. And I walked out of there feeling like that was a really great conversation that I had with this man, but I didn't know what to expect. And then I ran into the casting director and she says, Altman loves you. Uh, you're going to get cast in a bigger role. I'm like, oh, cool. Nice. nice. I don't know what that is at this point. <laughs> then I find out I'm going to be working for six episodes on this show. And as a recurring, when I thought I was going to read like four lines in this show, just because you like me. And anyway, the, what ends up happening with this show, we shoot that. It's the, one of the greatest experiences I have. And there's a shakeup at Fox. The president who was there leaves. They bring in the new guy. The new guy says, oh, I didn't have anything to do with that. So he puts it on the shelf just like that. You know, and there's nothing we anyone can say or do. That's just it. Um, you know, the experience I had is with Robert Altman can never be diminished, of course. Right. Uh, but that's, you know, that could have been a, a great show uh, at the time because there was nothing like it on TV. Um, I remember when I showed up the first day, still not knowing what I was going to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, or who I'm playing, really. This show was based in the computer tech world. The show was called Killer App. So it's about the newest Windows that comes up. So the, our our particular firm where I work, my character worked, creates this new thing. And uh, we basically get there the first day. Robert Altman walks up to me and says, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great. What do you want your name to be? I said, I'm sorry? He says, what do you want your character name to be? I'm standing there, uh, uh, Ma Malcolm? It's like, that's a great name. What's your last name? I said, Duke? Malcolm Duke. Everyone, this is Malcolm Duke. I was sitting there going, is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, well, we're going to get a shot with you coming out of your car. So what kind of car do you have? And I had a Camaro at the time. He's like, great, let's rent that. And we'll we'll use that in the scene. What do you want to wear? I said, how about the clothes I'm wearing? He goes, great, we'll rent that too. Nice. I was still stunned. I'm like, so what are we, how are we doing this? Because I know there's a script and I know my character isn't written in the script. He said, oh, we're going to improv all that. We're going to oh. improv all of that. So we're going to weave you in the screen. We're going to start you in the scene. You start, you say something like this and then you keep going and then we'll weave it into the scene and then we'll work you through. Guys, I'm telling you, one of the best situations as an actor you can be in is to work with that man. Wow. Unfortunately, of course, he's passed on now, but... What a what an occasion it was to work with him. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man, you tell some good stories. I'm ex I'm really excited for this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, Richard. Uh, you know, we reviewed Lake Placid a few months ago, and you yeah. were gracious enough to like and comment our post, which is a big deal to me. Honestly, I really appreciate when the wow. actors do that. You played Deputy Stevens. Can you talk about how that role came to be, and how was it sharing a scene with the greatest of all time, Miss Betty White? Ah, the goat. That's the goat right there. Um, so how that came about was, you know, just a regular audition. I get called up by my agent and say, hey, why don't you go in for this role? Uh, Deputy Stevens didn't have a whole lot to say throughout the film. So what they did was they auditioned us in the Bill Pullman role. Oh. Uh, so that's what I read, knowing that that wasn't the role I was doing. But they wanted to see who, you know, who could act. And so the director 
had his final choices of who he liked as an actor. And then he went to the casting director and said, who's a cool guy who I can hang out with for the next four months? Because that's what it's going to be. Oh, the nice. casting director said me. And I, that's pretty much how I got that role. Just being a good guy and being talented enough to do the role is what got me you know, in the door for that. Uh, and I got to obviously meet Bill Pullman, Oliver Platt, Bridget Fonda, Brendan Gleeson. I love that dude to death. Yeah. Uh, cause I'm pretty much side by side with him a lot, mm -hmm. uh, through and, and with my scenes anyway, except of course for the lovely Betty White. And all I can say is she's exactly who you think she is. You know, she is a, such a great person. If you think I tell stories, that woman had stories. <laughs> It could last a lifetime. So many stories. She talked about her husband, uh, you know, how they met and all that sort of all that sort of stuff. And just a pleasure every day. And, you know, her character in that film, as you know, was a little bit blue, let's call it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a streak, there's a streak of that in her that y'all that, you know, people don't really understand exists. because uh, she could tell a joke. And it could be just as blue as that character was. Nice. I mean, sweet, sweet lady. Don't get me wrong. And, but use that in such a way. It wasn't just to use it. It was use it, it was to punctuate and to make that story just a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, and at the time, she said that was only her second movie, which I couldn't wrap my brain around. Really? Wow. It was only she. The, the first movie she did was Hard Rain with Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Okay. Yeah. And she plays the wife to Richard Dysart from LA Law. And I said, How is this your second movie? She says, Well, I have strictly been doing TV and I have made a career uh, of doing that. And it wasn't until, you know, that point where she started to do more movies after people saw her in Lake Placid. It wasn't even so much hard rain. It was after they saw her in Lake Placid because obviously she was really great in it. Right. That people were like, Oh, let, let's do that with her too. So it was awesome. That's, awesome. That's incredible. I loved it. <laughs> uh, so we're all big fans, and I, is, in particular, grew up on the Ernest movies. Yeah. So you played Walter in Slam Dunk Ernest, which was my favorite when I was back in you know back in the day. It was that one and Scared Stupid. That was my two favorites. And uh, I love you. Talk to us. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, man. And uh, can you talk to us a little bit about working with Jim Varney and that whole experience? Side note: your co-star in that movie, Silk Cozart. Yeah, I'm from where he's from. I'm from Knoxville. I used to sell him shoes when I was a uh, manager at Finish Line at the mall. But, uh, Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You know I'm going you know to hit him up and say that, right? Yeah, nice. That's funny, man. He was always <laughs> such a cool guy when I'd bump into him. That was uh, the dude that one of the dudes on that movie that I became closest with, him and Miguel. I, I had worked with Miguel oh, yeah. before that, Miguel Nunez. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of already knew him. But Silk and I created this whole world in our heads where our characters were brothers. Uh, just for our own little backstory. So that was kind of how we played off each other when we did our stuff. But the late Jim Varney, man, I can't speak highly enough of someone. That dude is one of the smartest people you would ever have met. There was nothing that this man couldn't talk about. He's classically trained and had the voice of any theater actor who could be out there with bass in his voice you just there's not a lot of cats like that these days right, you know what i'm right, saying right, right yeah and you could ask him about anything you could ask him about cooking 
and he'll have the recipes and he'll tell you about some old country cooking from Knoxville. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he honestly was just a sweet guy. And I, I loved spending time hanging out with him, which I was, I feel blessed enough to be able to say that I did after a day of work, I would go back to their hotel and hang out in the, uh, the lounge of the hotel. We'd have coffee together, have dinner together and just, just a great guy to hang out with. Super smart. He's nothing like the character Ernest, that you <laughs> but he's smart enough to be able to play him. Right. Because you got to be a smart cat to be able to play a character like that. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, for him to be able to take that and monetize that character, starting with the commercials into, you know, into feature films and, and a number of feature films. Right. So you, him and uh, John Cherry, who was the director, producer on that, those guys together made that thing just what it was. That's awesome. All right, so Richard, just a little fun question here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've you've talked about this this entire show, so it's like Betty White and just Jim Varney and everybody. I mean, you've been in the business a long time. You've mm-hmm. met a ton of people. Where you know, while you're probably on the receiving end of, of you know people recognizing you on the streets or, or being starstruck, even uh, do you have anybody? Does Richard Leacock have anybody that stands out to you that you remember being starstruck over? Yep, I sure do. I was 18 years old and I had already worked on 21 Jump Street. I probably had done three to four gigs at that time. And my mom gave me the autobiography of Sidney Poitier. Oh. And I so I read that book and just learned about his life and what he went through. And two weeks later, after reading that book, I walk into a mall, into this store, and I'm talking to a buddy of mine who works at this clothing store. And in he walks with his two daughters. And the moment he walks in, because, okay, listen, this is the Defiant Ones, Lilies of the Field. This is Virgil yeah. Tibbs, the dude that yeah. did the slap that was heard around the world. Right. I'm looking at and at all the other movies that I've ever seen him in, like, uh, Buck and the Preacher, which is still one of my favorite movies. And I'm looking at this dude and I'm like, I can't take my eyes off of him. And my friend, to his credit, was like, hey, how you doing? And was started talking to him. And then he looks at me and says, hello. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I was able to break out of it and just be normal. Because, you know, but I was like, this is the biggest start I'd ever met in, at this point in my life. Like right. an Oscar winner. He's the only Oscar winner I'd met at that time. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is a week after meeting with meeting him, I was on the set of that movie, Shoot to Kill, doing a small thing that isn't in the film, which is why it's not on my resume. <laughs> but uh, I was on the set watching him work. And it was amazing. Just to say, I was on set with Sidney Poitier. Uh, Many years later, after I had done my TV series, Doc, uh, with Billy Ray Cyrus, I was sitting at a hotel in L.A. with my publicist at the time. And in he walks. Wow. And I see him and I tell my publicist about the story. She said, get up and go and talk to him right now. Go and tell him that story. The universe is giving you another shot. Exactly. (laughs) 
So I went and I spoke to him. You know, I I didn't go too far into it because obviously he's not going to remember that. You know, right, right. Uh, but I just said, you know, you're one of the reasons I'm in this business and changed my life, uh, and you changed my world when I got to meet you and then actually see you work on set and see how gracious you are to everyone who comes across. I knew how I wanted to be had I been given the shot to be in that kind of a position at all. How I would treat the people who uh, look to me. So I, I, I have some other friends, you know, again, like Peter DeLuise and so on, that they treated their fans tremendously. And I knew how to do that by watching them. Awesome. Um, okay. So I've got to ask this. I'm a, I'm a big Star Trek nerd. So I have to ask about your stint on Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were Commander Musa. Talk to mm-hmm. us a little bit about just being directed by number one himself, Jonathan Frakes, and, and just anything you can talk about just with being on set with some of those, you know, legends of Star Trek. I'm, I'm yeah. super excited for Picard season three, by the way. But oh, yeah, you, you should be excited, man. That's going to be great. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. Um, again, you know, great experience. Jonathan Frakes and I actually became friends probably about four years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, just honestly, sometimes it's crazy. You know, you see people at the gym and you get to know them a little bit. Tom Bergeron, who hosts Dancing with the Stars for many years, is now a good friend. We go to lunch and nice. just because we met each other at the gym, you know. Uh, but Jonathan, you know, we're in the gym one day and he says, uh, we haven't worked together. And, you know, he, he knows I'm an actor at this point. And I said, well, I'm not the one who can make that happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, the next thing you know, I get a call from my, my manager saying, uh, yeah, there's a show that's checking your availability. I'm like, what show is that? And he said the name. I'm like, I've never heard of this show. I don't know what this is because it didn't say Star Trek Picard. Right. Okay. You know, for, you know, reasons they want to keep it under wraps and everything. So sure. I said, who's the director? And they said, Jonathan Frakes. I went, oh, that's Star Trek Picard. I said, so what's the role? And they told me and they said, can you do a Nigerian accent? I said, but of course I can do a Nigerian accent. If you <laughs> to do it right now, I can. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that was how I ended up getting the role uh, for that. And I got to go set and I met everybody. Uh, Brent Spiner, you know, Sir Patrick Stewart, Michelle Hurd. That's my girl. I love her. Jerry Ryan. Uh, Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd, they know those two lovely ladies know how to light up a room. The energy they have is infectious. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a moment where, and it, the scene ends up not being in the episode, but there's a scene where I'm with Jerry and Michelle and we're at this bar in this gala. And uh, they were just so energetic and it was lovely. And it, was, it was a lot of fun and cracking up. And Patrick Stewart leans over to me and he says, I think we were at like 10 o'clock in the morning at that point. He says, if you lost till 11 a.m., you're a god. And then you <laughs> that's great (laughs) i can see that for sure that's great it was just amazing uh i got to sit around with these people sit next to him and and talk to him uh lavar burton who played jordy Mm -hmm. he was my neighbor for many years just up the street so i'd see him and he officiated my friend's wedding and uh you know Man. You just when you're out here, you know this world is it's the the community is kind of small, so you run across people and everybody knows somebody else that you know, and it's just it's it's bananas, but it's it's very cool. Thank you for telling that story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
So obviously we're a horror podcast. So along those lines, I've got a couple questions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I was going through your IMDb page and I see that you did some voiceover work on a movie called Bones, which is a yeah. guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, two years ago in October, we had guilty pleasure theme month where we all picked the movie that's just guilty pleasure. That was my pick. And yeah. uh, could you tell us a little bit about that, how that came to be and what what exactly you did? Uh, it was both me and my brother, who's an actor as well, Viv Leacock. Um, how'd that come apart, uh, come about? It was, I think my agent called up and said, hey, they need some actors to, to be at the read-through of the script. Would you and Viv mind going and just filling in the auxiliary roles? Or, you know, if there's someone that's not available, fill up that role. So we went and sat down and uh, Snoop walked in, you know, and we chatted with him for a little bit after we did the read. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can tell this story or not, but uh, <laughs> if it's, I'll, I'll tell it. Uh, we were sitting chatting with him after. He said, nice to meet y'all. Nice to meet y'all. He said, but a brother just needs to know one thing. I said, what's that, Snoop? Where can a brother get some weed? <laughs> Should have known. You know, I, this is, you know, some uh, years ago. So I was like, I, I, I can't help you with that. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find someone who can. <laughs> it's Vancouver. Walk down the street. You'll bump into someone who can help you. Uh, but yeah, that was what was up with Snoop. And with the... The, the voiceover stuff, I think just because they got to know us, one of the um, executives, she she brought us in. One of the executives from New, I think it was New Line, I think that put it out. And uh, they brought us in and we did some voiceover work for a bunch of different stuff on the show. Did some Foley. Uh, I don't remember this anything specific that I did. It was a bunch of different things. Like, I think I did a voice for the actor Deezer D, who's now passed away. I think I did a voiceover for him, just like uh, some in-between lines for him. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of different things that we did on that. Awesome. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't pass that up. Like I said, that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, so another horror film, though, that you have coming out, I believe this month, Crackle. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Called oh, a movie Desert. coming out on Crackle. Yeah, Sorry. on Crackle. It's called Desert Shadows, uh, which I shot a few years ago in Reno, Nevada. Uh, it was written and directed by Tyler Burns, who's now a good friend of mine, who I've worked with a few times since. And uh, I'm anxious for people to see that. It's a creature feature. Uh, it was a lot of fun for me to do. I got to drive this cool Lincoln in it. There's a little slow motion <laughs> happening in it. Uh, played a cop. And it just, the movie's about um, these two guys go camping and and one brother disappears and is believed to be, you know, possibly killed by something that's in in the woods. And uh, his brother never gives up on trying to find him. And he comes to me, who I used to be friends with his brother, uh, who was just like kind of always like a ne'er-do-well kind of guy. And so it's about the search for this brother and then what we run into when we're out there. Awesome. Yeah, definitely be checking that one out. Yeah. Um, so is acting what you're planning on sticking with, or do you have any aspirations to get into the producer or director role? Uh, and if so, do you have anything in mind that you care to talk about? 
Well, yeah, I, I love acting and I'm always going to do that for sure. Uh, but I'm also the mind that I want to be part of that creative process that brings something to fruition. I've been lucky enough to produce, executive produce one film called Fronters uh, that I did back in the mid 2000s or somewhere around there. Uh, it is about three classically trained black actors who can't get work as actors, so they become rappers so they can get work as actors. Because that's back, you know, rappers, oh, yeah. DMX, Ja Rule, they were all getting roles yeah. over a lot of us, actually. And so this was like our chance to say something about that. Uh, it's like, you know, these guys didn't, nothing against them, because if somebody offers you money, you take it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so for us, it was like, okay, we're the ones who are studying, but not really getting the shots because this guy you think may have an audience is going to bring more butts into the audience, which doesn't necessarily work out that way a lot of the time. Right. Um, so we did that movie, which was a comedy. It was a fall, the rise and fall of these guys who, who went through that. And it's out there somewhere. You can find it someplace. Uh, but we were lucky enough to have Henry Winkler, yeah. Do some wow. stuff on there who was really great. Loved that man. Best guy in the world. Uh, Ted Danson did a role for us. It was fantastic. Blair Underwood, who was like a friend of ours, he did a cameo in there. Uh, we even had Chastity Bono in there before she became Chaz. Oh, yeah. In there as well. So, uh, you know, it stars a good buddy of mine, Reno Wilson, who was in the TV show Good Girls, also in Mike and Molly. And you'll see him in the upcoming uh, TV series, Fatal Attraction, based on that old movie. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, you'll see that. But uh, I do have some other things in the works. I'm producing uh, a short film called Subconscious Dreamer that we're just about to finish on in terms of all the uh, the back end, the, 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 you know, the visual effects and all that kind of stuff. We're finishing that this month. Uh, I'm going to start on something with my brother next that, uh, you know, we're going to produce and star in, uh, nice. which kind of be like a backdoor pilot or a pilot presentation, if you will, for a TV series uh, that we've got called The Hard Way. And we play brothers in it, which we've worked together a few times and we love it. Um, and then I've got, I'm shopping around a, a project called 99 Problems right now that is uh, about a man, kind of a mystery man who goes from place to place if a man came up to you and said, told you what was about to happen in your immediate future, would you believe him that you could change what that outcome would be? And this is what happens in this. Uh, it's, it's a great, great thing that uh, if we can get this made. That'd be fantastic. And it's okay. one of those stories where drives into town. It's like the old Incredible Hulk series where you see him driving off or walking away at the end of the, of the show by himself very much in the vein of like the old Kung Fu series with David Carradine and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that kind of vibe, except I'm driving a, a Dodge Challenger. When I <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Richard, you're someone who appears to stay busy. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? You know, we see you have a short credit for working stiffs. Uh, is there anything else yeah. you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Um, social media, anything else you got going on? Well, yeah, definitely come follow me on Instagram at richardleacock1. Uh, and you can follow me, find me on Twitter at richardleacock2. Okay. <laughs> Make that real simple right there. A little nice. razzle-dazzle. 
you know, and then of course, you know, I'm on Facebook and all that. Um, you know, but definitely I hope everyone gets a chance to see Desert Shadows. It's a fun ride uh, for a horror film. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping everyone gets a chance to, to see the upcoming uh, Subconscious Dreamer, which is like a sci-fi Western. So I'm up on the horses. Okay. I'm a little bit of a cowboy, so I love that stuff. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that's 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 about it, man. Yeah, come come see me on Instagram. Come see me on Twitter. I'm always there. Absolutely, awesome. this was an awesome interview. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And some of the best stories we've heard. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> All right, yeah, it was nice take care. You. Have a good one. Just want to remind everybody.